When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Age of Jeremy. My name is Jeremy Quintanilla. I am your host of this podcast. I am the chief executive officer for a company called Age of Radio. We are a media company that has a podcast presence. Um, if you're interested in joining our network, reach out to me uh, at jeremy.quintanilla at ageofradio.org. You can also join our Facebook group, Addicted to Podcasting. Just go to Facebook and search Addicted to Podcasting. And we will be having a Discord coming out very shortly to really focus on building our community. And if you have a podcast, please join our Facebook uh, Addicted to Podcasting group to advertise your podcast. And we'll be doing something called Age of Radio Showcasing once a month, where we'll go live with one of the people that have a podcast in that Facebook group. And we will be learning about their project, what they're doing, so we can share podcasting with everybody, even if they're not part of our podcast network. But we hope that you eventually join because we are trying to build the largest podcast network community. I'm also the CFO of 3T Warrior Academy. We have a subscription-based service. Um, you can check it out at 3TWarriorAcademy.com. We help uh, individuals learn about cryptocurrencies, how to build generational wealth. We have different groups inside of our Mighty Networks subscription um, uh, based content, essentially. Um, and you... Um, we are. We have mindset. We have this thing called the 120 Day Challenge to help people change their life. Um, and then again, the generational wealth building. We have a business section now where we're helping people answer questions for businesses. And again, it's a subscription based service. But go check it out. Again, that's at 3twarrioracademy.com. And if you like my content, make sure to follow me at Instagram or at Age of Jeremy on Instagram and on Facebook at Age of Jeremy on Twitter at Age of Jeremy Q. I think I said TikTok. If I didn't, TikTok had Age of Jeremy. And let's see where so we at. Oh, and I just started a YouTube channel. I uh, want to preface that the first video is fucking horrible. The content is great, but I apparently don't know what I'm doing with the DSLR and the movie settings or the, the manual settings for the movie settings on that DSLR. And when I shot the first video, it came out horrible. And then I was learning about Adobe Premiere Pro a little bit more because I don't do video. I usually just do audio or Photoshop. And I've been do spending a lot of more time in Lightroom. Uh, and uh, I would like to share the things that I learned. But I was inside of Premiere Pro and I needed to de-noise um, the uh, the the video and it just was horrible but i decided to roll with it <laughs> i want to look back on it later and be like man look at how much better i got i've even stepped up the games uh, on the next video but that video doesn't come out until uh, a couple of weeks from now so but i do have some youtube shorts and i do apologize kylo and bane are running around the house making lots of noise kylo and bane is my havanese bane and my multi poo kylo so if you hear them in the background i'm not going to edit it whatever they're just playing and so yeah, so go check me out on YouTube. I uh, did a, have three shorts. Uh, YouTube shorts are like YouTube's answer to TikTok. So you can go check those out. Make sure that you subscribe. Got three subscribers right now trying to take over that game over time. Um, but essentially in that YouTube channel, I just focus on sharing the things that I'm learning and the books that I'm reading. Maybe some mystical stuff. I'm going to talk a little bit about mysticism in today's episode. Um, 
uh, yeah, so go and uh, follow me on all of those socials if you can. I'd really, really appreciate it. And uh, let's get on with the show. My name is Jeremy Quintanilla. You are listening to Age of Jeremy. I'm an entrepreneur, and I'm the co-founder of Age of Radio and 3T Fitness, and well, other businesses that I am working on. This podcast is about everything that I learn and the trials and tribulations it took to learn them. I hope you enjoy. So I'm actually working on a more scripted episode about uh, overcoming the recession that I hope to have out in a couple of weeks. And I have some interviews set up for the show. And so these last couple of episodes, I've kind of been winging it because I've had a lot of stuff going on. So I haven't been able to prep the show the way that I would like to. Uh, I like more organized content when I'm talking about these things so I can get the pace a little bit better, not talk so fast, not get all, you know, be all over the place with it. And so I was working on this other episode about how to overcome the recession, um, and I wasn't able to get it done in time. So here I am again, coming up with an episode just off the top of my head. But I thought I would uh, talk a little bit about uh, overcoming poverty or um, overcoming being lower than middle class, I guess. And so a lot of people don't know me because I don't share this because... um, you know, I don't, I don't really know why I don't share any of, you know, some of the stuff that happened to me. I think I had enough of it, you know, in my 20s and my early 30s about sharing my life with people that it just, I didn't really want people to have any type of empathy uh, for me or sympathy towards me for certain things that have happened in my life. So I don't really talk about it. But I think that having more of a platform now, you know, I, I know that this isn't a lot of people that listen to the podcast as of right now. Um, I mean, there are a lot of people that listen to it. I'm just saying that it's not like a world renowned podcast. And I have about 5,000 TikTok followers and about 5,000 Instagram followers and three YouTube subscribers. I just want to point that out just because you should go subscribe to that YouTube that I started. And, um, but I, I think that with the people that are inside of mighty networks that look up to me, um, maybe not look up to me, but look to me for advice. I wanted to be able to share this a little bit more because I have a different outlook than a lot of people when it comes to coming out of poverty and becoming wealthy because the wealthy part of it, uh, wasn't really necessarily a big a big thing for me. Uh, I'm very well off and I'm very grateful. And a lot of that has been uh, a little bit of uh, luck and um, hard. It's been a mixture of hard work and opportunities arising and taking advantage of those opportunities. And I think that's the thing that we miss a lot is that there's a lot of luck that goes into some stuff and we have to realize that. But if we're not, if we're not working hard and looking for those opportunities and um, educating ourselves and we're going to miss out on those opportunities. And so I come from a broken, a little bit of a broken home. My, um, I don't, I don't know my father that at all. <laughs> and, um, he has a little, he has a boy who's probably, I don't know, 12 or 13 or 15 or 18 now. I don't really know. And a daughter who's probably in her late twenties, maybe mid twenties, somewhere around there. And so, um, and so I don't really know them. But uh, I didn't grow up with my dad. I had a stepdad who was abusive. And um, my mom had me and my mom had a lot of difficulty when I was growing up, mainly because I was a pain in the ass. And she we didn't have the, uh, I guess, the education or the money to get the relationship and communication uh, counseling that we needed with each other. 
And we've since, you know, rebuilt all of that. And I love my mother dearly. And she's very, uh, helps me with a lot of my businesses and very grateful. But, um, because I was very, uh, we were poor, I would say, you know, uh, we didn't have a lot of money. Uh, I had to help out when I was younger. We were on food stamps when I was younger, um, to get food, obviously that's why they're food stamps. And we didn't have a lot of, uh, money for extra stuff. And so, so to me, the most important thing has always been education. And so sometimes it dis, it's disheartening for me the way that the world feels about education and going to college because we utilize it as a way to say that I'm going to go to college so I can have a job and become wealthy. And you don't necessarily have to have a college degree to become wealthy and you don't necessarily um, have to, you don't have to have any type of education to be wealthy. You need to solve a problem. And the greater that problem is the great, the harder that problem is to solve, the more wealth you will obtain when you solve that problem. And so and, and, and that's just, just how solving problems work and how wealth is built. But that has nothing to do with education. I've met very wealthy people that it's just the hardest thing in the world to talk to them because they are, they have no, I guess, um, I don't want to say culture. I don't know if that's the best word. They don't have any, the only thing that, the only thing that they really want to talk about is the, the wealth or how to build wealth or how to build businesses or what other people should be doing to get to the wealth that they have. Um, where I enjoy more complex conversations about philosophy and art um, and theory and uh, other types of learning and how to make a, the world a better place right? And the way and, and how we can logically look at things and say, if this were to happen, we believe that this would be a better place. Let me try to prove that with, you know, some logic. And so it's very, it's very, again, disheartening that we ha- are in this place now where we are encouraging people to not go get an education. It's very disheartening that college costs so much where it, especially in America, where in other countries, it doesn't cost nearly that much. And I have a lot of debt um, and I wouldn't change that for the world. That is the best debt that I could have ever have had because the number one thing that's been able to get me out of poverty was education. And, uh, that can be, and and again, that's educating yourself in two ways. One, going to college and getting a good education, because the more educated you are, the less likely you're going to be able to be taken, um, advantage of by other people. And I also mean educating by learning as much as you can on your own. And so one of the things that we, you know, one of the things that I am adamant about is people consistently learning. And so that's something that I do like to see, but a lot of the times it's frustrating to me and I'm not saying you have that you have to be this way. I just want to be a proponent of this type of change because it was beneficial to me was learning more in depth about topics that you don't understand that aren't only designed to get you out of poverty or a motivational sense or to lose weight or to become, you know, a, financial financial guru right when i see all of the things all of the people that say oh read these books those books are not worth reading in my opinion or i've already read them a long long time ago and so that's one of the things that is just really frustrating for me and so i would say if you were in a impoverished place 
or you want a different change, read as much as you can and learn as much as you can about all kinds of topics, not just topics to get you out of the place that you're in. Because when you're reading more in-depth things like philosophical books, whether that's Western philosophy or Eastern philosophy, Eastern philosophy, in my opinion, is much better. Um, Western philosophy is more popular. Um, and that just might be because of accessibility, I guess, would be the, the thing. And, you know, it might be more difficult to transcribe things from, say, Hindi or, you know, um, uh, Sanskrit than it might be from, say, Latin or from Greek or from Hebrew. And so, but my point is, is that read everything that you can. Just don't focus on the things that are going to get you wealthy because you'll be able to get a better understanding of being able to think about different situations, right? And, and because you'll be able to think a little bit differently or a little bit better. You will be able to make better decisions. And with those decisions, you will be able to uplift yourself out of poverty. One of the greatest things that I've always enjoyed about Che Guevara, who was a revolutionary, a communist revolutionary who helped Fidel get into power. um, And then the CIA assassinated him later on is that, is that he has been able to, when he was doing the revolutionary, he would teach everybody mathematics. He would teach them literacy. That's why a lot of communist countries have some of the highest literacy rates in the world is because you want more people to be educated so that other people such as the capitalists can't take advantage of them. Unfortunately, we have situations where dictators do come into power, such as say Stalin or uh, such and say Fidel or Mao um, and, or um, I won't, I'm not going to use, um, uh, I forgot his name. Um, there's a city named after him in Vietnam. I think I, my, my knowledge of the Vietnamese communist party is a little bit different than how I look at say Stalin or Fidel in some aspects, but so I'm not going to put, put him in that camp, but with those other people, you get dictators and then those dictators take over the control and then they polish their countries into some extent. Um, even though, uh, anyway, not important right now. The point is, is that getting into education and learning as much as you can from all different facets, you know, reading, um, things that you don't specific reading the other sides of things, educating yourself. Right. And that's one of the reasons why I think college is really good for people because you have to educate yourself in certain requirements like humanities, like you have to take an upper level humanities class. So for me, I took an upper level humanities class on Islam and it opened up my eyes about Muslims and the Islamic state and 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 being able to understand that stuff made me be able to have more empathy or better understanding of certain situations and being able to look at things from other sides. And that's one of the reasons why education is important. And so it's difficult for us sometimes to find on our own the things that we need to educate ourselves on. And that's why I'm a proponent for, say, college, because it forces you to learn those other things, right? And when you can learn those other things, you can get a different viewpoint about stuff. And that's where the benefit comes in because those different types of viewpoints and those different types of ability to think in different ways has been instrumental in me coming up out of poverty, whether that was getting my you know job at the bank or being able to start business with John and now being able to start businesses on my own, right? I, I say that I learned more from that than anything. Um, the only thing that I would say is that if you do want to do business, add on some type of business education. It doesn't have to be 
an undergraduate degree in business, but like a master's in business administration or a certificate in business or a minor in business where you can understand bookkeeping and financial statements and management and supply chain um, <clears throat> and marketing when because then you have a whole understanding of it and you can accelerate that in a master's in business administration in say nine months. And you and that has helped me tremendously in business. Um but I've become more innovative and thoughtful because of the other stuff that I educate myself on. So that's the first thing. Second thing that helped get me out of poverty more than anything else has, but was manifesting. And I know that people think that that's ridiculous and there's going to be some anti manifesting people that might be hearing this and say, you're full of shit and it's a load of shit, whatever. I don't care. It worked for me. doesn't necessarily mean it's going to work for you. And so, um, and what I mean by manifesting is not only like with the vision boards and putting up what you want, to see and have it all the time where you see it and you're thinking about it and you're moving towards those things. Um, but one thing that's helped me was getting into uh, mysticism early on in life. I was about 12 or 13 when I started studying um, the tarot for the first time. It got more intricate into high school um, when I got into Wiccan and then I left the Christian church. Then I started studying ceremonial magic, got into Buddhism, esoteric Buddhism, um, and uh, learned uh, astrology, learned different forms of divination, uh, uh, tea leaf reading, um, the Tao Te Ching, or the I Ching, and then um, uh, regular playing card um, divination, um, mediumship, uh, all kinds of stuff. And the, the the point of that is, is, not only does that open your mind to things that you ne- necessarily weren't open to before. But when you learn certain ways to utilize tools to concentrate and manifest your manifest what you want, it's able to perpetuate those things that need to happen in your life. Right. And so one of the first things that one of the first the biggest things that I did when when I was younger, when I was going through college, I did a um, invocation of um, a. Uh, lesser spirit or a, a lesser what you would call it it's it's a horrible name so i don't want to I, I, this is going to sound bad but it's not bad it's just misunderstood um but a lesser demon and when you invoke those things the invocation was specifically to have say 16 dollars um, an hour and from that back then that was a lot of money for me right and i needed to have 16 17 dollars an hour be able while i was going through school and then out of school and then i went up and got into wells fargo the bank that i worked for and uh, eventually left last year after i started my businesses but the point is is that invocation worked and i have never gone below that since that invocation happened and i know that people think that that's a scary thing and people think that it's a demonic thing and people think that it's a satanic thing it's a misunderstood thing and when i was younger i was a big proponent of wanting to bring that to the world but because of the way that the world perceives it it was not possible for me to explain these things to people and so i hid myself away from them and now that i'm getting more and i'm assuming it's a i don't want to say that it is a midlife crisis even though i'm going to be 40 here soon most people will probably think of it as a midlife crisis but it's more that i'm able to do the things that i want now and i don't have to have any fear of judgment because of the people that i'm surrounded by they care about me and love me and just like i don't judge them for the things that they do and they believe a lot of the people that i'm around on a daily basis we have different political beliefs we have different political aspirations we have different religious 
religions that we believe in. And so when we think of these things, they are just misunderstood um, and being able and open to looking at things through other people's lenses and being able to view how they view the world. You might be open to what they believe and not be so judgmental about it. And anyway, and so with that type of manifestation or invocation of spirits or angels or demons or whatever you want to call them in Buddhism, they call them bodhisattvas. Um, for instance, the Dalai Lama, uh, his, his Tibetan Buddhist school, they do essentially seals that they do in this sand. That's beautiful. That's an invocation of a bodhisattva to make something happen. And in, in other forms of, in other forms of silly dogs, in other forms of mysticism you would call those demons or in catholicism you call them saints same thing and so that's when we look at these things you can find most of these things in every religion but people kind of hide their eyes to that because i don't know why they want their religion to be right when no religion is right and they're probably all wrong um and so um we probably don't really know anything, um, but we try to. Um, so that, that's that's the first thing. The second, the third thing is um, that really um, helped me was uh, helped me get out of poverty was um, working really, really ridiculously fucking hard. I know that that sounds kind of stupid to say, but you have to put yourself in situations where you overwork. And I know that that sounds terrible and I know that it's going to suck and it's going to be really hard for a lot of people, but you have to give up the things that you care about for long periods of time. If you're going to get out of poverty or if you're going to up yourself into the middle class, or if you're going to go past the middle class into the upper middle class, right. Or even further. Um, and, and one of the things that helped me overcome those things are certain practices that you can do in Buddhism practices that you can do in mysticism. Um, for instance, one of the weirdest, the most strangest practices that I did when I was younger was it's a, it's a, a, a technique, um, uh, it's a practice that is recommended by Alice. There's two practices by Alistair Crowley, um, who is a, um, or, uh, a mystic who is usually considered the beast or he, his, his protege Israel Regardi, who's I, who I have followed most of my life, um, and, and read most of his books and have all most of, not all of his books. Um, but Alistair Crowley, he said that, he said that uh, two things that you can do to practice, uh, and, and these things really helped me being able to overcome strenuous situations, is one, get rid of the ego from your body. And so one of the practices to get rid of your ego, it's, it's, it's a rough practice. I'm not saying that you should do this. I'm not recommending that you should do this. I'm just telling you what I did. So I am not a health professional. I am not anything that is saying that you should do this. I am telling you a practice that I did that helped make me stronger and being able to overcome so much stuff. So I just really want to preface that right now. So the first thing was one, I, um, it's, it's a practice where you remove the ego from your body. And so essentially you go for long periods of time without saying I, so you never say I when you're talking and so you forget about yourself. And when you do say I, you reinforce you, you punish yourself essentially by taking a small razor and slicing and slashing yourself. 
Okay. It sounds horrible. I don't recommend that you do it. I'm not saying it. I'm just using this as an example of what I specifically did because it allows you to push yourself in a way that you've never been pushed before. And so I did it on my leg. Um, I don't think that there's any scars there. I did it for a short period of time when I was in my late teens, early twenties. And it really helped me to see a sense of community in the world um, and to do something that was really, really hard. I'm not going to lie. It's hard to not say I. We spend so much time talking about ourselves that to not talk about ourselves is super, super, super difficult. And so when you go without talking about yourself and mentioning yourself, you learn a lot about other people and you learn a lot about listening. Something that I had forgotten from when I was younger and have, you know, recently retried to gain that communication skill listening. Um, so that was one. Secondly, another practice by Alistair Crowley, it's in his Yoga for Yellow Yellow Bellies, I believe is what it's called, um, is that sitting for long periods of time with literally not moving. So it's not to focus on your breath. It's not to focus on your mind. It's to literally sit without moving. And what you find is that as your body adjusts to not moving, it makes these really slow, slow pushes, these slow movements. And so your body goes for these long periods of time trying not to move. And so what's fun about this or interesting about this, this practice I would recommend that you do. The other practice I don't recommend that wouldn't recommend that you do. I'm just telling you what I did. This practice, I think it would be good. You just sit. You There are certain positions in yoga that you can do. There's the cross-legged, you know, when you're sitting Indian style or you're sitting in a lotus pose and not to be offensive with Indian style pose. I just can't cross-legged, just cross-legged, regular cross-legged. Um, and so I apologize and I don't mean to offend anybody. And so when you um, uh, sit uh, for long periods of time, you sit for like 10 minutes and then you set a timer for, you know, the next day for 10 minutes. You do that for a week. Second week, you set it for 15 minutes. Third week, you set it for 40 minutes, 50 minutes, an hour, two hours, three hours and go without sitting. And so when you're able to do that, when you're able to do that, you learn this, this tech, this ability to go for a longer period of time doing something where you feel uncomfortable and it makes working better. Right. So, so being able to push yourself in all of these different situations that are difficult, right. You get better at working. And then when you have to work for a really long period of time, or maybe you have to have two jobs. And when I lived in Flagstaff, I had two jobs like the entire time that I lived there, you know? And so I got you and it was sucky, right? But I was used to putting myself in difficult situations and overcoming them. And when you're able to do that, you can find that you are much more capable than you thought that you were at stuff and you start to get better at it. And then when you have to work for say, you know, I think in college once I studied for 24 hours straight, I've worked for 72 hours straight with minimal, minimal sleep. Um, and when you, when you are able to do that, when you're able to have that ability to go for long periods of time, doing something that you want to do, you are looked at as like amazing. And then people promote you and they look to you and they want you to do things and so forth and so forth. So to, so the first thing is education, educate yourself. I would really recommend that you get formal education. That's not your forte, get an education and, you know, being able to go to the library. A library is a great place to get information, way better information, more thoughtful education by reading books or reading newspapers, or reading journals. Um, so get an education, learn the things that you need to learn, and then learn things that you don't think that you need to learn um, that supplement the other things that you're learning. Secondly, um, 
spend time learning about manifesting. I'm not saying that you need to be a, a Wiccan or into ceremonial magic or anything like that. I'm just saying that regular manifesting, being able to hold images in your mind for long periods of time can really help you focus on the thing that you want to accomplish in the world and it will manifest in your life. Um, you know, when we think of things like candle magic, that's all candle magic is. Candle magic is just utilizing a focal point to think of the thing that you want and that's you're just manifesting it your life. And then the third thing was find ways to test yourself to go further. I used extreme examples, right? But if we're not extreme examples, get into bodybuilding, get into something fitness related where you have to push yourself or, or find a sport that you like and study it and practice it and get better at it and go further and longer, right? And that helps you be more successful. It's not, it's, it's not, it's not some weird thing that people that played sports in high school and in college go on to do really good things. It's because they have that discipline of pushing themselves, right? And that's very, very beneficial to people. Um, so look, figure out ways to practice pushing yourself and putting yourself in situations that are difficult so that you get better at working and struggling for long periods of time. And so those are the main three things that I would say can lift anybody out of poverty. Now, I do want to say this, and not everybody has different cards that they're dealt. Things are going to be harder for different people. And I also want to preface, there's nothing wrong with getting help from the government. I don't think that there's anything wrong with that. I don't think that there's wrong with asking for help. Like I said, we were on food stamps when I was younger. And so, so it, is, it is by far, by far better to get the help and focus on getting yourself out of it than not getting the help and putting yourself in a horrible position. And so I just want to say that there is nothing wrong and you shouldn't feel bad when you need a little bit of help because everybody needs help from time to time, whether it's from government assistance or from their parents or from their friends, people just need help and there's nothing wrong with that and you shouldn't feel bad about it. So those are the main three things that I think have really helped me get out of poverty. And I know that they can really help you. You just have to focus on them and by, and, and, or lower class situations. And, and me getting out of that was getting my job at Wells Fargo. I'm just being honest. When I moved up in the ranks of Wells Fargo and eventually was a um, commercial banker, essentially, um, you know, that to me was out of poverty. I didn't have to live paycheck to paycheck. I had enough for investments. I had enough to invest in other businesses. I had money to start my own businesses that I did. I'm not saying that I'm very successful now because of our 3T Warrior Academy um, and because of the great team that we have and CJV. And I'm forever grateful for all of that. And a lot of that, in my opinion, was luck mixed with hard work. And I want to say that what I mean by it's luck mixed with hard work, not for them or with CJV. CJV is the hardest person, work, hardest working person I've ever met in my life. And he would have been successful with or without me. Um, I'm saying that it was a mixture of luck and hard work from my end on being a part of it and helping it grow and being where we were at today. And, and, and so I'm not discounting that there was a luck element in it for my piece of it. Um, and that's why am I am forever grateful um, for it. So what I want to say is that you don't have to worry about, you know, being in poverty your whole life. There is a way out of it. And it just takes, like I said, education, manifestation, and hard work. And then there's also, you know, being grateful and remembering where you come from and who you are and giving back to the communities and to the people that helped you get to where you are at. So remember, be thankful, grateful, and kind. And we'll talk to you next time. Bye. 
Thank you for listening to The Age of Jeremy. Make sure to subscribe on your favorite podcatcher. If you can do me a favor, please rate this podcast if your podcatcher allows you to. Talk to you soon. 